Hey everyone, welcome to 21st Century Saints, our podcast on live stream series for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and uh, those who hang around this vicinity here in the UK and also around the world. I'm your host Jane Christie and I've got my co-host with me, Sarah. It, there's me doing oh. it! Sarah, <laughs> I am so sorry. That's I'm okay. So that is okay. Hi Sarah. Hi everyone. <laughs> I'm Sarah, just in case you haven't worked it out by now. Sarah with an ah. Yeah, with the shoulders. Ah. Yeah. Okay, that's going to stick. Um, I, we're starting to make a bit of a habit of scheduling a broadcast and going a little bit earlier now, just because, I don't know, just because life, um, I, yeah, so I'll give we'll just do a little bit of um introduction stuff while we wait and everyone joining us um what have we got to tell people about um first of all if you're recovering from conference if you had a great time that's fantastic if you're uh, traumatized by it then uh, we are we are here um we know that this has been a tough one for many many people um announcements we've got sunstone is coming up sunstone sarah do you want to talk about sunstone uk for a minute Sunstone is going to be fabulous. There's the most amazing range of presentations, everything from art-type discovery, exploration work to academic presentations about history of the church and everything in between. There's going to be everything from table tennis to bars to do the tequila slammers or whatever it is your thing is for Sunstone. There's going to be a fabulous group of people to meet. If you bring your merch, if you get yourself... Get yourself onto 21st Century Saints or Nemo the Mormons web Facebook page. Get yourself on there. Order a T-shirt, order a tote bag, order some merch. Bring it along with you to Sunstone and we'll get our boy Nemo to autograph everything and Peter Blinkley and everyone else. The gang can all, all those, the boys can all can autograph it. They, they're killers for saying that, but don't worry about it. We handle it. So here's how this is going to go down. If you show up with your merch to be signed, um, Peter will laugh. Uh, but you know it's going to happen. Uh, you know he people will, will, will sign it. Sarah is going to have the the on duty sharpie. Nemo will uh, attempt to run. Um, we will make sure that we corner him for you. Um, we will. If you get your merch signed, please take a photograph of his blushes. Uh, because uh, he is just a complete drama queen. I mean, get over yourself, Nemo. Oh, you know, seriously. But you've just, <laughs> but you've just got time to order some merch. Bring it along to Sunstone. It's in Noel in Solly Hall, the Greswold Hotel. There's buffet lunch on the Saturday. There's buffet kind of cheese platter desserts on the Sunday. There's a fantastic opening on the Friday evening with Self on the Shelf. So that should be an exciting, brilliant kickoff to conference at eight o'clock on the Friday evening. Kickoff to Sunstone. Sorry, folks. Eight o'clock on the Friday evening. And loads of good things to look forward to. New friends to make, new experiences to have. So come and enjoy. Love it. Love it. Enjoy um, everyone who's there. And don't forget to take lots of photographs. You love to see them. Uh, what what else do we have to announce? We've we have, we've actually got a super busy several weeks coming up. We've got uh, we've been invited to speak at a few events and things. We'll share information about that online. 
But meantime, let's let's get you let's get started with with this topic that we're going to talk about tonight. So we want to cover quite a few things tonight. We're going to start a place and we're going to end up very, very far away from where we started. Um, this is not a staying on topic evening tonight. So we are looking forward to if you want to share your thoughts, please drop in in the chat. OK, so yeah, let me get onto the chat. Let's start off with talking about where everyone is at right now on my Facebook page. We've got a bit of polarity, um, which we're seeing increasingly after conference. We have, well, we have lots and lots of people who are using the hashtag ThinkCelestial, which just punches me in the heart with the grammar, the the structure of that two word phrase. Oh, it's horrific to my soul. The intent behind it is, okay. it is, is there. There is <laughs> there's an intent behind it. But yeah, there's lots of people using the hashtag telling us to as invited to by the prophet. And just as much, um, there is rather a lot of commentary talking about the pain that comes from it. Um, Sarah, do you want to maybe share some share your thoughts about what you're seeing and how people are responding to President Nelson's um, invitation or, or his comments? I think what we're hearing is people, people sharing a range of concerns around some of the comments that President Nelson made. And these are people that are feeling hurt and are aware that this may the comments he made may seriously impact on how friends and family start treating people from now on and how people may not be respected for their beliefs, their opinions, their views in the future. There was um, We take these apart a little bit more as the evening goes on, but there were a few key things that President Nelson said. One of them Let's, that, yeah, let's let's just pull it apart just now just super quickly so we can leave it. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. One of the comments President Nelson made, and I think Jane might have the talk available for us to get the exact wording, but he said, don't take counsel, don't listen to unbelievers. Now, that's really problematic. If you are the mother, the father, the brother, the sister, the son, the daughter, the friend, if you have a calling in the church and it's known that your belief is not in the church, you don't believe the church is true, you don't believe the teachings of the church, then being told not to take counsel and not to listen to you can cause a lot of strain on relationships and lead people to be really anxious about where that leaves them. I, I'm going to put my cards on the table here. I have a state calling as a state safeguarding specialist. I have told my bishop and my state president that I don't hold to a lot of the beliefs of the church. There are things I don't believe. There are things I do believe. There are things I don't believe. Yeah. Does that comment, don't take counsel from unbelievers, mean it's going to be harder for me to find a credible voice in that space? And I don't know. I don't know. I have yet to find out. And that may be problematic. Tell me something. If the counsel that we got from uh, believers was consistently let's not even say consistently let's let's go for that gold standard if it was reliable if it was good counsel and never did harm what would would that make things a bit different 
it, yeah, I think it would. I think it could improve relationships dramatically, couldn't it? If we had if we had council that people shared and people felt confident in. But why why can't the council be? It doesn't matter what people think and believe. It doesn't matter if we believe differently. It doesn't matter what your best friend, your mother, your son, your daughter, anyone else, your partner, it doesn't matter what you believe. There's still room. There's room on in this space for a range of beliefs, no matter where they fall on the spectrum. And there's room in this space for people to differ and still have huge respect and trust and confidence in one another. My concern is that the wording of this talk may be taken by some people to be, well, actually, we're right to be insular and we're right to be arrogant as a church because we clearly do know a lot more than other people. We've been fighting on our safeguarding campaign for the church to become more transparent and to be involved in external agencies and to bring them into the church to support safeguarding. Comments like, we don't need to listen to unbelievers, make that a sort of dream that's falling away a little bit and that that's what worries me about that so there's there's that comment you made that i think is problematic well, that we like, can probably talk about all night yeah but, but there's before, a we, before we move on for, from that because i i feel really really strongly about this that the assumption is the believers their counsel is the one we listen to because that is the best and let's let let me let me just give him that let, let me give the believers that right if we if we were to do the thought experiment of guaranteeing that all advice that comes from any source sarah are you enjoying your clicky pen because it's i'm sorry <laughs> clicky pen down you're going to get your scratch mitts on next <laughs> you're right you're right i need a little fidget toy that's what i need a little fidgety toy yes. a silent one you what? know like the quiet like the quiet toys we used to give our children do you remember quiet books that we gave our children in sacraments so they'd sit quietly with a little book that was not making any sense so i need one of those so if anybody wants to make me one um i so that can i just say that not only am i super uh not stressed just you know recovering from conference but also um you know and and that sort of heightened trying to regulate state i'm also um doing what we normally do in 21st century saints and and doing this podcast while there are a million things going on in my home so <laughs> I, I feel like i am um, yeah super aware of, of everything that's going on like right now hyper vigilant so um anyway going back to this thought experiment if we were to guarantee uh that any organization the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints the council is always going to be or most of the time will be effective safe and um correct that even then would still not That's, be a healthy no, way to live. No, Could you it's not. It there's, there's something very unhealthy about always assuming that the counselling, guidance and teachings you have to give other people are right. That doesn't leave any scope for people's personal interpretation, personal development, personal growth. To always assume that you are coming from the position of the one who's in the right mm -hmm. is actually very othering and it's very dismissive of where other people are at. It enables a lot of cognitive distortions to be running through the minds of people who think that everything they believe and everything they teach and say is right. It also enables frustration with people who don't listen to them with, well, what's wrong with you? We know we're right, so why aren't you listening? Which is one of the things that we hear all the time. I think it is because we, 
we hear that all the time well you know the church is true uh no sorry don't um well you know you you know this is right you know this is true and when you don't accept it and you don't believe that or you kick against it or you're pushing against it in any way whatsoever the problem with that is you then get labeled to one of the different labels like we've heard in the past like lazy learner easily offended you rock in the boat mm-hmm. you're being deceived by satan you're faithless you're your worthiness and then you as a person come into question as to what is your value in this space and and i think because we're going to really focus on the othering part of it in a second but we we were having a one of our witching hour conversations earlier this week and and we were talking about how so i feel really strongly about online relationships i think um that often we see a um, sort of virtuousness applied to types of communication so you know it's 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 a if, if you use Facebook you'll see how disdainful some people may look at it especially if you're a woman um and teenagers get this a lot um that it's it would be a sort of more it would be a better choice to be reading or write a letter or do something better, um, communicate, uh, socialise in other ways. And the difficulty is for someone like me, who's a carer, never even mind this is nothing compared to the amount of people who have disabilities and cannot have face-to-face communication and in ways that able-bodied or... Um, you know, people without those those barriers have to face every day. And so online communication is an absolute lifeline and has comp- has improved the quality of life for so many people. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we have a, a you know, worldwide, you can reach your community online. It is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I, I sort of, even whenever we, we hear, you know, scrolling being sort of criticized and before you know it you kind of lose track of time we all do that in books uh, mm-hmm. and you know listening to music or have it you know you, if you're completely immersed in doing a thing and you've not paid attention to time but for some reason we um you know that that's more sort of frowned upon and the, the way i sort of describe it you know we, we've spoken about this is like people watching in the park you're just letting it wash over you and if you use that you know obviously that taken to the extreme you don't want to be staying up all night and things like that but you know assigning a morality to it is i guess what i'm talking about well jane can i just point out, in the church we assign high moral standing to anybody who will lose themselves for hours in family history or scripture study if you say, oh, I didn't get any of the gardening or shopping or housework done I meant to do over the weekend because I was too busy doing family history, people would be saying, oh, yeah, it's so addictive, isn't it? And speaking about it in ways that make it a very positive thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. But as you say, Facebook that keeps you in touch and yes. connected. Mm-hmm. The assumption is we're all on here just gossiping and showing yeah. off our lives. Um, and, and just to because I want the commenter to know we're going to come back and talk about this in a second. We've got a, a fantastic comment that's come that's come in that, that we're gonna we're just gonna discuss um, just presently. So um if you could just hang in hang in there for a moment. So yeah, so we're talking about social media use and there's a morality attached to it. 
um, and a preferred way that we should be acting. But one of the problems that does come up is, as we were talking about this week, is that um, when we are only associating with the people who hold the same types of views as us, when we have these safe communities um, that, that um, we don't get the practice of, yeah, I can leave, I guess is what I'm saying. It's very, very easy just to hit the leave button to move to a different group. Um, the, the friendships that you have, you're, you're less accountable for them in a lot of ways. And one of the difficulties I think we have at the moment is how we give people the practice of being able to be in community where you are going to hear from people who fundamentally have complete opposite viewpoints and yet we we get along with very very well and which is why I think we're going to talk about the Brit Avengers later on and things like that also you know we need that ability to think otherwise you know, if we if we're not being presented with all of the information and all of the perspective then we are missing something fundamental to be able to think well you know is that you know why is this my belief or what enriches me um about this we, we don't get to think really meaningfully about what we have we talk about opposition and all things except you don't really you definitely don't listen to the things that are not just just look at the look at the single train of thought it's not healthy it's not how we educate it's not how we learn it's absolutely it's not how we progress definitely there's something i think missing for the individual who um and nobody's saying you have to look at you know terrible things that are distressing to you nobody's saying that but if you have this attitude of we will only listen to people who think the same things as we do then it's very very dangerous and it's dangerous from a safeguarding perspective as well it means that we are vulnerable only to, to you know to specific individuals and viewpoints well it's doubling down on some of those very harmful messages we've heard in the past about don't criticize mm. we hold the moral authority and what we say goes so you just need to listen yeah and none of that allows none of that allows for the greatest gift god gave any of us which is agency none of that allows for agency it actually takes it away because it's like don't worry about what people say we'll tell you what you need to know and it and it's back to that message isn't it you know it's back to that message we're we're spoon feed you and that will all be okay because you don't need critical thinking analytical skills you don't need to buy able to identify cognitive distortions you don't need to be able to weigh evidence up and think about what what do i think of that and what's the evidence for it what's the evidence against it to come to conclusions that are right for you and your family and people around you you don't need to do any of that and that's the that's the problem with with statements like that that is a problem with statements about don't take counsel from unbelievers well i'm sorry most of our dentists doctors plumbers mechanics police officers most of the people around are unbelievers and are certainly not going to be coming to any of these things yeah, there, there was this glorious moment that I, I don't know if, um, you know, because we've had so many other things to talk about, um, people have been so stressed and upset mm-hmm. by and distressed by this talk that um, 
there's this moment where um, President Nelson talks about how he receives some negative feedback, even criticism from his work colleagues. And I, I mean, how it was laughed at that, you know, if, if you don't agree with me, I mean, no idea. President Nelson was possibly completely correct. It may yeah. be he had a colleague who is hearing his views on evolution and is sort of saying, you you know, this is not, mm. this doesn't reflect um, how a person who is a physician and has your standing should be thinking. That's worrying to me. Um, it may be anything, but we're supposed to be challenged in our actions. And, and I think most importantly, and this is the very, very dangerous thing for me, if you're the head of a church and you have that opinion and that's what works for you, fantastic. You've lived an enjoyable life. If you get no regrets, awesome. On the other hand, if you're advising people to check a belief system before they listen. So what I have to do then is I have to find out where you are. And it's this sort of, you know, this this parlance that we'll use are you using the right words are you wearing the right clothes are you uh, attending your meetings uh, frequently enough or have you just said something that makes me think that hold on you're you're maybe disagreeing here you're you're saying that there are issues in the church perhaps with with abuse or with safeguarding or with your calling or whatever it could be um all of those things are enough to ring the alarm bell that i have to then see that there is an issue i have to determine your worthiness because that's what we're talking about you know a, a believer we're talking about because people believe all sorts of different things we're talking about your orthodoxy are you orthodox mm-hmm. um are, are you worthy to be in this space right i'm not gonna listen to you yeah so moving to uh, the effect that that's had on that's, yeah so That's for individuals, it's not healthy. It's not healthy to not be able to to listen to someone saying, look, you might yeah. be getting this wrong. Um, what about what we're seeing from individuals? We're, we're, we're hearing these comments from individuals that worry about what is my non-believing husband or wife going to, like what is my true believing husband or wife going to make of my position and my views now is is this going to cause conflict is this going to cause problem how are we going to effectively parent when we've got a mixed faith relationship when one of us believes one thing one believes something else and children are being told don't take counsel from unbelievers are they going to automatically those children going to be thinking actually the prophet says don't take counsel from unbelievers. And this is the difficulty. The church doesn't expand and qualify some of these statements. This will be gaslighted in a few in a time to come. This will. We'll see this will be gaslighted. gaslighted. You're going to see the gaslighting all over the place, aren't you? It's, it's going to be there. Yeah, you're going to love this talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's going to be so gaslit. <laughs> Very in the sort of short to come days but oh this is what was intended this was what was said this was what was meant but actually that's not what's been said what has been said is don't take counsel from unbelievers with a lot of other wording that i can't remember the exact wording around that led up to that statement yeah and it's hang on a minute how about we just say do you know what the early traditions the earliest histories and traditions of this church were Get counsel from the best books. Learn from the best books available to you. Learn from the experts around you. 
understand everything that you can gain as much knowledge as it's possible to gain nowhere in the early tradition and history of the church did it say batten down the hatches and only believe what people inside the church tell you mm -hmm. the school of the prophets was all about education learning development Brigham Young University is about education, development, understanding. So the so it's kind of slightly sits somewhere for me in a quite a strange position with what we see in the church. This don't take counsel from unbelievers. Well, actually, therapists, psychiatrists, doctors, counsellors, usually unbelievers. Does that mean we have to go in with, as Wendy Nelson said a while ago, question mark against anything that not, that's not said by the prophet oh it's absolutely going to do that but i think right. more than that when when we see there is already a tension when someone leaves church and the mm -hmm. family are active there is a huge tension there for people to even have those conversations about stepping away from right. the church um it can have devastating con consequences and we know from it you know we, we've lived in this space long enough. Often families choose the church over the individual for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And it is horrific and heartbreaking when that happens. Um, and families who are making efforts to try and live in that relationship and, and are trying to protect these relationships. If you're going down a route, whether it's it's you, you know, you're, you're working on this yourself, or even if you're going to therapy and you're being asked to take on board the unbeliever's point of view can you understand where they're coming from to be able to work in relationship together that's the ideal to have yeah. relationship together yeah. not for us all to think the same way not yeah. that you don't listen then and it might be that the thing that they are seeing is so important and so valuable and often it is when, when you've got those fresh eyes. This is the point where I want to bring in um, this fantastic comment and, and I won't share your name um, without permission unless you give us a shout and tell us it's okay to do that. But um, this wonderful comment here says, I haven't had a calling in seven years. My state president and new bishop has said that I am allowed, air quotes, to minister but not get involved with anything else. We have often questions. <sighs> all of this because, um, excuse me, all of this because I have publicly advocated for single adult safeguarding, oh, you wonderful women, and for better support for vulnerable adults. How should I deal with this? I feel completely ostracised. Now, she goes on to say, as a lifelong member, um, she has seen the push to create categories of worthiness. Um, and it makes a comment about educated women being dangerous. Thank you so much for it. And what I'm, I'm really appreciating in this conversation is that what you're experiencing in this church relationship is very similar to what people are fearing for and already experiencing in their family relationships, whether that's in couples or whether that's with parents or children. Um, it's this feeling of, I am being ostracised. If it, you might not be, I don't believe for one second any family or, or church leader out there is saying, let's ostracise this, this person. The Avengers, we have all lived in this space. Might not be what you're intending, but this is the effect it has. Your thoughts, Sarah? 
I think my heart goes out to you and my heart goes out to you for the courage that you have had to literally take a stand and say this injustice cannot continue and this is what I want you to do to make things better for the children that Heavenly Father loves that are on this earth today. And God is with you. That, that much I can tell you, God will be with you in that stance that you are taking to say to leaders, this is not okay. Now, you might find your family, friends and church aren't with you, but our experience is very much that that does not mean God is not with you. We've all, we've all over years, we've all lost friends. We've lost people close to us. We've had leaders refuse to speak to us. That comes from a position of fear and mistrust and anxiety because they don't know what to do. I think what you've done is incredible and we would love to have a conversation with you outside of this forum to maybe talk about how we could perhaps support you a little bit better with the stance that you're taking. So if you are up for dropping us a message confidentially with an email or something on there, then we would love to take this up and support you further with what you're trying to do. All these badass people. So that's that's Kirsty, um, who's amazing, amazing. Um, well, I think I think more than that, um, yeah, they they might well be ostracizing you. That's the effect of it. So let's call it what it is. That's your lived experience. That's what that is. Um, there are conversations that we could. Some of the Brit Avengers push for those conversations to happen. Some of us yeah. just don't need to go there uh, for whatever reason. Uh, some of us choose not to go there for our mental health. But yeah, we just know that you're in the company of uh, a lot of people who are in that same space. And yeah. what that has helped me to realise is exactly what kind of Sarah is inviting you into. Um, when you're in this community, you start to realise that maybe part of a community that once we relied on, if it doesn't look like that anymore, you have all of these people who are welcoming you to say, yeah, me too. And, you know, when, when you're ostracising half the bloody planet, more than half the planet, then, you know, we start to kind of realise that, oh, actually, th there is a life just maybe looks a little bit different. This is crap. We're going to have to look yeah. at how we want to address that. But, you know... But and I think we need to take the words of the hit, take the words of the hymn to our advantage not to the churches though the numbers may be few when compared with the opposite host in view and you know our numbers may be few that are standing for things that are right and just and that need to happen our numbers might be few when you compare it with the opposite hosts that are in view you know that hymn but believe me god is there miracles will happen in that space and it's just it it's quite sad that people can't can't see it. It's sad that people are mistrusting of it. Well, and it's sad that people don't see that those on. positions that you're taking, yeah. Kirsty, is a position you're taking because you love the church and you love the people, and, to and you're subject to, to leadership. You're subject to leadership roulette. I mean, I am the winner of everyone at this moment in time because I've got fantastic leaders around me, which yeah. is absolutely superb. But I know that. The vast majority of people are not experiencing that. Yes, and the and more than that, I would say to listen to that counsel, to you know, to you've been mm. ostracized, it disempowers you. 
you you can act on your own inspiration and not even just your inspiration just your desire to be a blooming good human um you can't move forward so it's there's almost a spiritual death there you're being you know effectively soft excommunicated because you don't you can't even push back about it so i mean if some people if you want to push for a dialogue about that we are your team you know we are we are here for you in that um but i also want to put a pin in because there's a broader point i want to come back to because we're going to go somewhere with this there's also mm-hmm. this you know we're just talking about the impact at the moment and we've not even talked about you know like i'm just going to say it because we're not going to go deep into it the, the think celestial hashtag which is awful the principles behind it are just you know it who, all who is this thing celestial for jane who is this thing celestial for it's not for it's not for those of us that are queer it's not there who is this thing celestial for it's not for those of us that sit on the margins it's not for those of us that question who is Think Celestial for? It's the reboot version of keeping Eternal Perspective. When Eternal Perspective was doing the rounds the past few years, now we've got an edgy little two-word quote we can stick on a mug and share on social media. And um, it means don't think about things right now because that's what's important. What what we've been talking but about... But do you know what? There's a problem with that. Right, go, yeah, there's, a huge, there's a huge, huge problem with this. Let's Think Celestial. Let's focus about the focus on eternity mm-hmm. let's put all our energy into thinking about what's going to happen in eternity because that means we can dismiss your pain and suffering on this earth because it's only temporary and it's okay because you've got the celestial kingdom to look forward to so don't worry about any of these things that are happening to you on this earth it's all okay don't worry about your trials your tribulations your problems it will all be okay in the next life which is not giving that kind of support nurturing protection guidance to people as they go through human experiences on this earth and there's a a friend a friend of mine said many years ago and i've never forgotten it she and she was saying it about an individual but i think it applies to the church when they go around making comments like this you're so heavenly bound you're no earthly good right right and we could be so bound up with heaven, so bound up with what the next life is going to bring that we're not much used to people on this earth today. Right. And so that, that's exactly where I'm coming from, Sarah, with what we wanted to achieve with this episode, is that I hope for a richness every time conference comes around. I hope to be able to have something to get my teeth into to really yeah. think. And all I hear is talks that will be quoted all year discussed kind of but there's no real there's nothing to wrestle with there's nothing to really change from and this conversation though i i think this is the conversation that i think we can really pull apart and see how it works there is there's there's two things i want to bring in right now first of all um when the British rescue um, and the, was happening, we're sort of seeing, and here in the UK, we're seeing the, there's a sort of afterwave that has been happening these past few months mm. as a result of that. So we've seen stakes merging, realigning, closing, uh, boundaries changing, and there is so much change. So apostles came over to the UK to uh, to, to talk to people, except 
weirdly it wasn't open like it has been previously the the people generally were not invited to come now you think about being a being a mormon in this country is hard work it, you have to really really want to be latter-day saint here um we're not tripping over chapels everywhere to to not you know even sort of spare time for the people who would who are desperate to, to hear these messages we don't get that kind of ministry we don't see apostles in the grocery store so these these kind of closed leadership only meetings have been happening and the messaging that has been shared that is supposed to be disseminated through words and stakes is a message of unity now, i find this fascinating that we are <laughs> focusing on unity at a time when all of this is happening what what is unity going to do that do we want involved in this unity right because this isn't unity for every single person that is on alive today just because they're human because they're a worthwhile person because they're alive so who is this unity actually for who do we want to unify right. those who believe so here's this. I mean, I, I don't know. Who do we want to unify? I, I've been holding on to to share this quote from Catherine. This this comment from our, our friend Catherine. Um, she says that she made a clip of President Nelson's "Don't Counsel with Unbelievers" statement, and it got shared as a reel over a thousand times. And it's predominantly been shared um, by you know sort of hardcore TBM Mormons, the very conservative Mormons, using it to prop up this idea of you know keeping everything in house um and and so cash sorry catherine uh deleted it um eventually we are seeing all over the internet these thoughts being shared and people sharing their opposing opinions and it's really really tough there is so much pain out there now i wanted to share this this thing that that remember back when I was I was talking with you about it Sarah and we really got to dig into it last weekend but there is a fantastic podcast that back when I first started listening to podcasts this was this was one of the ones that I just loved and mm. it's called, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it it's called Everything is Alive and um, I think it's Ian Chillog is the the content uh, creator and it's a superb podcast, quite gets kind of existential, but in this really accessible way. And literally, what he does is interviews inanimate objects, a Coke can. We have Maeve, a lamppost, and it turns out Maeve has always wanted to dance. And it's just these these fantastic conversations, and you learn a little bit too, and and it gives thought to what living um, is. In one particular episode, he. Uh, Ian interviews a grain of sand and and the, the way the dynamic of this interview was working was was they were having a conversation and then then the, the grain of sand had to kind of stop and ask for a, ask for a little bit of clarification from each other because they realized that they communicate differently because they see themselves differently as a grain of sand uh, the grain of sand pointed out that I don't see myself as a grain of sand. I would say, rather than I am a grain of sand, I would say I am sand. 
And isn't it really um, unusual? It's very different to me that you would, would you call yourself a grain of humanity? How would you refer to yourself? And I just thought this yeah. was such a wonderful yes. idea. And so I think for me, this idea of unity is actually an extremely powerful idea, this idea of mm -hmm. oneness and, you know, all of these grains of sand, which are not sameness, there is individuality. But you see this group becomes powerful, effective, um, complete as part of the whole. And in doing the don't counsel with anybody else who's not sand or who's not part of how you identify with yourself, you miss the ability to be able to both be an individual anyway, but also yeah. be part of a bigger group because you are not, you know, you're, you're sort of limiting your ability to connect and connecting is how you see yourself in relation to someone else. That is so important to just be human. Um, we are to, to not take counsel from anybody else. You're elevating where you are and you're not seeing them as being worthy of being on that level to talk to you because it's it's just so divisive. Um, anyway, thoughts, Sarah? I love the grain of sand analogy. I love that, isn't it? It's it's wonderful, isn't it? Because that grain of sand is more than just a single grain of sand. One grain of sand in itself can be washed, trampled, moved away, can't it? Yeah, so I just realised I accidentally shouldn't have shared something on screen, but it's okay. Keep talking. Let's nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. Move on, Let's move on. Let's move on, everyone. So that grain of sand, if you take one single solitary grain of sand, it will do nothing to hold back floodwaters. You unite that grain of sand in a container that holds it securely mm -hmm. and puts something strong around it, then that grain of sand will perform miracles in holding back flood water. When my daughter's house was flooded, the, after the first flood, they got a load of sandbags. If they put a couple of grains of sand down, it would have made no difference at all. Filling the sandbags with sand, the sand united, it melted, melted together, it just kind of did, and it absorbed all of the water the flood wanted to throw at it. People are like that. If we are united, we can absorb so much more and we can exhibit so much more strength and we can give so much more and we can be built and shaped and be powerful in so many phenomenal ways but we need to decide which grains of sand we're having in that barrel with us and because i still feel against it though sarah because one of the mm. distressing things for me and you know being a sister in relief society right yeah. if we are if, if we are sand i would feel like i was losing identity and think celestial was so distressing to me because that isn't what I want. What you people are talking about and oh, the buzzwords eternal increase, but we wouldn't really see what that means. Um, right. Also shout out to, you know, the prophet Russell M. Nelson for traumatizing us all with those thoughts this conference. I mean, that's not going anywhere soon. But, you know, the 
what if we don't want that? Now, the beauty of this is, and I feel so strongly about this, Kirsty sort of, you know, talking about this in her comment that, um, you know, that the, the ostracization or the, the isolation is being presented as keeping you safe. Um, because there is a real threat. People get angry. People get, you know, in Mormonism can be violently so, especially in, you know, these areas where mm -hmm. conservatism can be very, very strong and mm -hmm. fundamentalism. Um, you know, we... we as Brit Avengers, we've had our own, you know, safeguarding issues that we've had to be aware yeah, of. Have, yeah. The thing that I've been able to see modelled from working with, um, I, I, we always say Peter, Nemo, Julian, Ruth, they have such different approaches and also such different opinions there's much of the same ground that we that we share we are absolutely in the same page with so many things but there are other things that are fundamentally in essence very very different and yet there is absolute unity even though we completely disagree and that to me is more godlike that's I mean, celestial. That's celestial. That's celestial. That, I don't. I don't like that word, but that is actually what that is about, because that unity comes from a place of genuine love and concern for one another, of genuine respect for where each other are at. It's mm -hmm. like, well, I think this. Well, I don't actually agree with you on that. This is what I think. Oh, okay, and we have a discussion about it. But at the end of the day, it comes from respect. It comes from being able to listen to difference, from not feeling that we have to defend ourselves every time we have a different opinion or a different view. Mm -hmm. You know, I can turn and say, well, I'm not doing that. That's not happening. Oh, okay, so why? Why do you feel so strongly about it? And we have a really good discussion about it. We have, we have had conversations where we have been told not to be friends with one another in the Brit Ventures. We have had priesthood leaders say to us, you should not be friends with these people. You should not associate with each other. And we're just like, yeah. okay, yeah, whatever. Because and what builds that unity are those God-like God qualities and human qualities, whether you believe in God or not, they're the human qualities of respect, valuing each other's individual inherent worth mm -hmm. and being able to listen to one another without a desire to be seen to be the one who's the elevated above the other and the one who's the greatest you know if you look at podcasts and nemo's up there we're here but does that mean nemo lords it no he's yes. so he's humble and kind and <laughs> He's a darling. And he's, he's an absolute darling. He's supportive. He's helpful. He's everything that we would want a genuine brother of ours to be. Peter is. Right. And, you know, we've got such a fantastic group that are united, but we don't need comments from a prophet to unite us. We've become united because we have shared concern for one another. Not because some prophet sits somewhere and says, oh, this is what you should be doing. We have. And, and you know, and I, I want to make, you know, th this is more than just about we get to have really pleasant experiences. And that's quite nice for us. And feeling community is really good. This is what makes it, I think, when real unity 
and being in that space um you know for example you know we, we now have ruth with us as part of this gang and ruth is super busy with work and sunstone yeah. planning and all of this guys we've we've given her a night off she put in a holiday request and we were like oh, okay <laughs> we authorized we, we authorized a nice annual leave <laughs> so but you know we and we think very we, we're in all very different places we have different wants we have different goals and this thing happens that all of these voices lift up into something bigger than you can do on your own and and i think that's that's kind of what you know that this previous comment that, that we had on the screen you know you, you're wonderful human just starting to feel brave enough to tell your siblings that you've left and no longer believe in this talk those people don't even get the chance that if left to their own devices, th that relationship could have become more strong, more united because it's built on real communication and not, Sarah, the things we have to leave behind. At the chapel doors. Right. So talk and to me how about often, the doors. I think it's something that I've often thought about is based on that old primary song that we all learned when we were little diddly kids or we all taught when we were teachers. Well, I missed it. What so you have to baby step me through this. What do the chapel... The, well, I can't remember the exact wording, but the words say, the chapel doors seem to say to me, shh, be still. There are many things like run and play and jump and hide or something like that. But when I come for the chapel doors, it's shh, be still. And the thing that's been on my mind a lot lately is that phrase within that song, the chapel doors seem to say to me, what do our chapel doors say to us as we approach the chapel on a Sunday morning or any other time, as we approach one of our buildings, do those doors say, come inside and bring all of you, every little bit of you, come inside because every bit of you is welcome. Or do their chapel's doors say, well, can you leave that bit of you outside and pick it up on the way out, please? Because we only want this nice little bit of you in here. And I think that's something really, really powerful about, do those chapel doors say, bring all of you forth into this place? Or do their chapel's doors say, park that there, pick it up on the way out? And we, we can't talk about unity we can't talk about belonging and we definitely cannot talk about anything celestial if we have people coming into our chapels when half of them are left outside because it's not welcome. So which bits of us do we leave outside as we step in through those chapel doors? And I think you'd exactly I mean, if, if, right, if you're gay, if you're gay, if you're gay, you leave that bit of you outside the chapel. You don't take that bit in with you because no one wants to hear it. No one wants to hear it. No one wants to know it. They might know it, but they'd rather pretend. Yeah. Well, you, you know, whenever you have enough social capital that you can kind of be the ward token queer person, or we've all been that person who does the speaking yeah. up and the, okay, I guess it's yeah. me again. I have to say the controversial thing. Um, I would have absolutely pushed back against that at one point because... I, I think because I've always had a big enough mouth <laughs> to be able to <laughs> yeah. be things that I've needed to say. But then you start to really live it and really experience it. And the toll of uh, the toll of having to be that and work really hard for it that maybe 
I hadn't noticed how much work I was having to put into it. Um, eventually, the exhaustion becomes, I just can't keep fighting for this anymore. And you realise that, right. that you're exactly right. I would I would have utterly pushed back against that. Right. But how easy is it to walk into that building dressed differently, believing differently, talking differently, or behaving differently? If you if you if you walked into the chapel doors with your adult son that has significant disabilities and care needs, and you walked into the chapel doors, actually is all of that welcomed with all that might be required to accommodate those needs and all the changes in how things are done that is required to accommodate and give your son an equal welcome that anybody else would receive. And but how, how often just just bring that just pull that apart a little bit because yeah I have only ever and has has Ronan only ever experienced when we have turned up at church to those chapel doors or or adjacent to them welcome and love mm. only and there, yeah. there may have been occasional sort of you know issues but nothing that that's what I have been privileged to experience but what belonging means and what welcome would really have to be is okay we're happy to see you but you don't have a place here um we can't minister to your needs um we we don't have a program that is that that is we don't have enough people to adapt a program to you and individuals are too too busy and this is not a criticism because i don't know how to really put such a you know emphasis on this we don't have the people we really do I mean we are talking about handfuls of people turning up at church so you know they are very very limited in what they can offer however there is a legal opportunity <laughs> sorry obligation to you have to be able to cater to you know the disability right you know discrimination act if you're going to offer something you have to uh, make reasonable adaptation but if you wouldn't even make that in your heart <laughs> to think about it, it, right. how that would look um right yeah so i can be happy to see you but i don't want to fundamentally change something about myself to right. bring you in and this is the but, thing we have to be uh, able to change and adapt to you know if it's going to be family members who are, how, everything changes we have to change right and if we are not prepared to leave our comfort zone behind in order to extend that for other people, how is how are things going to change? We need to be drawing the circle wider and wider still and even wider. But to do that, each and every one of us has to somewhere leave something in a comfort zone and say, do you know what, I'll step out of my comfort zone because this is what's needed. I'll step out of my comfort zone to welcome this person, to understand that person's needs, to try and learn a little bit about what this person is going through. I might not have experienced it, but I can try and learn and listen and love and understand. And I get it because I hate change. I am rather fearful of it. (laughs) You know, we we have this okay here. But, you know, the Latter-day Saints signed up for a living church. And you have we have this ability to change things. We have this ability to respond dynamically and instantaneously. 
that comes with a hell of a lot of faults. We we have so to but you can do better and you can those are things that can change right now and that's what gets me you have this opportunity to share this message to the entire world you know the the uk when when you are we can see a declining church and people are in so much pain we know what mormonism is like today your message is unity but you don't give us the tools to be able to implement that. And it's, you know, everything has become so, the hatches are battened down. It feels very, very, you know, inward centred, the church here at the moment. And I know, I know people are trying, but then across the world, you have all of the things that are happening just now. And and yeah, look inwards, let's batten down the hatches and, and let's focus on not hearing anything that's going to make us uneasy there is no way right along if you can't right. even <laughs> you know adapt bring them in okay right jane go back a little bit go for it go you for can't it. even hear it you can't even hear it if you can't even hear it and you can't remember the importance of people some time ago, we did an episode, and Ruth, Ruth is here in the chat with us tonight, our wonderful Ruth Heath, and she spoke about how quickly people become ghosts at church, how quickly people walk away, they're no longer attending, mm -hmm. and they become ghosts in the minds of everyone else, and people almost forget they ever existed. Yeah, they won't see them. How, how often have we seen, I've seen this in my ward, and I guess every single person has, when a family that have been seen as the linchpin of the ward, strong, united, really committed to service, to the gospel, to everything the church wants and expects, they walk away as a family. The first week, everybody's in shock. What's happened? Where have they gone? By the second week, people are actually saying, well, you know, you shouldn't really go around asking too many questions, should you? And it's much safer to stay in a little bubble, isn't it, than it is to risk listening to views that aren't helpful. Very, very quickly, we shift from thinking a family are wonderful and fantastic to kind of thinking, well, something wrong with them really isn't it because they've gone now and then we forget all about them within a week or so, so they're gone forget about them yeah move on they're no longer in our corner we don't need them and that the church still tries to bring new people into the church we're thinking can you just try to keep the people you've got make something that the people you've got is so good people want it and then people will see it for themselves and come to it we you know, Kirsty has also shared, you know, the, the fact that I think when when people are neurodiverse or have any mental health needs or physical needs, whatever that can look like, it's the, those are fundamental adaptations that in this day and age we should be well used to being able to make rather than make fear based decisions that just means we're too lazy to do to do the work. Um, I think people who have these types of barriers before you can even get anywhere near a chapel door you are putting the work in to be there you are showing up and you are getting there and then the next message that you get is because the message that comes you know from that, that we're supposed to um that we we teach that, that jesus is saying is that you bring 
all of you everything all of these burdens you can come here on a sunday to the sacrament table you can lay them all down i i i take them all that's my job but before we can even get anywhere near christ this invitation to come unto christ more of these buzzwords that we love you ha you can't get anywhere near Christ because you are bumping up against members because all of these and and you know what that includes me we are in the way of people getting to Christ so if you know you come to Christ we've got this layer you know before you get to the chapel doors it's it's the it's the messaging that you're having to constantly push back and this thing the fact that Kashti is even still there you see if Kashti decides that her family are right you know what, this is not a healthy place to be in. Kirsty is smart enough to make those decisions for herself. Any suggestion, because Kirsty could be any one of these people that we are seeing posting on Facebook talking about how difficult this is. And we have seen it over and over again these past few days. Kirsty is our every person. Kirsty is smart enough to know the difference between someone who has a different opinion and someone who is undermining her choices and her belief system. She's a grown-up. She can handle it. Um, and we have to empower people to be able to feel secure in that. The things that other people believe are not a threat to her. She's good. That being in these spaces means that she's actively trying to engage and work through the the you know the things that are, are going through all of our minds right now what do we do with all of this information how are we going to process it is this the thing that's too much do i need to let this go those are healthy things to be thinking and we don't need to guarantee our way out of it that this is actually going to make you stronger and you'll see in the church and maybe you will maybe you won't maybe but what will happen will be your journey and your choice and that's what this church is supposed to empower you to do <laughs> but nobody and this is this is i think the, the the main thing that i want to get across nobody gets to tell that woman how she gets to be a mormon if she's stayed she is staying, and I love this because you can hear in, in, in the, the, the comments, this woman knows herself. And mm -hmm. if she chooses to stay, yeah. you will get her. And it is yeah. wonderful. And don't let anybody take your Mormonism away from you. It is yeah. yours to do with what you will. Peter was excommunicated. He doesn't recognize that, uh, you know, he, he doesn't recognize the authority by which it happens. He is staying and he's staying on his own terms. Yeah. Sarah. Yeah, P powerful thoughts, aren't they? Very, very powerful thoughts. And I'm just thinking at this moment in time about the barriers to creating that space where everybody can feel okay and safe. Because if we could have these discussions in Relief Society, in Sunday School, in Elders Quorum, if we could have these discussions there, we would actually get to a point where we would see where other people are coming from. We'd understand where their heart is at. We'd understand what their intentions were. And we'd be able to recognize the huge value of diversity. We get hung up on it, or the church gets so hung up on it, because I think people are so scared of being led astray because they've been told over and over and over again that there's all these wolves in sheep's clothing, 
that there's all these people that are waiting to pull you away there's people that are waiting to trip you up and put obstacles in your way of getting to live with god forever and we we see and hear so much of this for all the years that we're growing up in a mormonism that it actually becomes completely alien to then sit down and listen to somebody with a completely different perspective of tithing or a different perspective of how they view marriage or a different perspective of how they view sexuality or how they view Jesus, how they view prayer. People have a completely different view. And because all our life we've been conditioned that there is only one right way of doing and accepting these things, that becomes so threatening and so alienating to us that we don't know what to do with it. And the other thing when you were talking that really hit me powerfully was conversations you and I have had, and we've had these conversations with Ruth and the rest of the gang a few times about the chapel doors and what they say. How many times have we said that a couple of our family members are so vulnerable we would not be willing to take them to church with us if they asked and wanted to come? You know, a couple of our family members, children, grandchildren, we've said there is no way. I don't want to take you to church and this is why I don't want to take you to that space because we know that some of the messages that they would hear, not necessarily the people, not the people would probably be lovely and kind and friendly and welcoming and lovely, but the messages they would hear would be really destructive messages. Right, I'm just going to say I've lost volume at the moment and can't hear you, Jane. So carry on talking while I try and fix my volume, okay? Jane, you're muted. You're still muted. Okay, I think Jane is muted, everyone. Um, okay, Jane has now disappeared. <laughs> I'm hoping she'll be back in a Sorry about Problem. these technical issues, folk. Um, is my audio back? I am so sorry. You know what? There's a lesson in that. There is a lesson in what just happened there. Because all of a sudden I'm listening and I suddenly went silent. I couldn't hear a thing you were saying. And my immediate response was, my audio's failed. I can't hear. Yes. I'm pressing buttons. I'm unplugging headphones. I'm pressing buttons. I'm looking. I'm thinking, what do I do? My audio's gone. Because the first immediate response was, what have I done wrong? I've done something and lost your audio. Right. Then find out it's you that was muted. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a lesson. There's a lesson there about church, isn't there? Really, how oh, often yeah. do we think it's us? 
we think it's us and actually it's, it's, not really really you at all. it's not you at all folks it's not not you at all but we think <laughs> it is too much of being patient patient by that um so basically what what i'd wanted to say was that um over the weekend in the post-conference um analysis that nemo had been doing over in his channel there were a few many wonderful moments these online communities that we have this you know our, our chat family um that you know we have across the the you know the entirety of the the blogger Ackland podcasting spectrum have done miraculous work have saved lives um and i know that word miraculous can be problematic do whatever you like with it um over the weekend what i got to see was um nemo would allude to a message that was shared that could be applied perhaps to the lgbtq community and then the chat immediately uh when when nemo had had said something in acknowledgement that tiny little moment would lead to all of these conversations and people um sharing their pronouns and all of this wonderful wonderful conversation that was affirming now, in the back of my mind, I'm watching this unfold and I'm looking at, in my mind, you know, the graphs where you see the statistics of conference weekend and what happens in those graphs to LGBTQ teens and the suicide rate just right up because we trust in the church, that council that you promised would be good, that we could rely on. Don't listen to anyone else. Just look here our kids we we are looking at it we are listening to it and we are putting all of our hope every ounce of it onto that and what we get is rejection we but get made very that, clear the celestial kingdom is not for you yes and i'm not even actually going to just you know detangle how physically dangerous some of those messages are uh but you know look after your lgbt lgbtq family and friends you know over these next few days just check into to make sure that they're okay um in the chat affirmation was happening because we got a breadcrumb when we ask for bread and we get the conference version of a stone we get the conference version of poison. It is horrific to see and know what the inevitable impact will be. And the chat came together to almost in a way mitigate for some individuals who were there the impact of those harmful messages. That happens because of you people who are listening, because you created a community nobody gets to tell you how you live and act and who you support in this space you love you continue to do the work that you do yeah. and it doesn't sound like a big deal and it gets considered you know less moral than if you spent your time reading a book you were in the chat doing your work being you i loved it it inspired me so unity belonging i think are much more important messages for this weekend and the incredible thing is i got to find it in this space rather than yeah because absolutely of yeah 
Do I want to share final thoughts, did you say? Yeah. Do you know, I think the final thoughts I've got to share, are, we can be united, we can be kind, we can look after one another. We don't have to agree with what people think. We don't have to agree with what people feel. But we can just be kind and we can accept people as they are. And that doesn't matter what they like. Just accept people as they are. We've nothing to fear. We have absolutely nothing to fear by difference. We've got a lot to fear by control and manipulation and sameness because that doesn't allow for growth. It doesn't allow for spiritual development. It doesn't allow for the divine part of us and the human part of us to both grow and shape and move forward. It doesn't. Control, fear, don't allow for that. But just being kind and respectful and allowing, enabling, encouraging difference brings huge strength. Yes. Brings strength. There is strength in difference. There is. Um, turning the church itself and leadership, even members within it, into its own little mini version of an idol is not is not what any of us signed up for and i am so glad to have this space i love you guys i really really do um i am really excited to tell you guys that on sunday we have something very special coming up for you before nemo's show we have um in order of the fact it's getting dark uh, these days a little bit earlier we have an After Dark episode. We're going to be talking with some of the ladies from uh, Burlesque and we're going to be talking about shame, modesty, uh, body shaming, modesty culture, all of those types of things, sexuality and movement. So we've got some incredible ladies in an episode this Sunday night at seven o'clock entitled Good Girls watch out for that coming soon don't forget sunstone please register yeah get your merch in advance if you want to find it at our online store you can get that on our website you can also go to nemo the mormons youtube channel so between us we have all the brit avengers merch you will love it get a mug get a tote get a t-shirt and uh, the gang because they're there will have sharpies and can sign it for you and i will pay money to see someone get photographs of Nemo signing an autograph. People have tried before and he's managed to wiggle out of it, not the sunstone. So yeah, get your merch in while you can. It's um, We've got some really good items there. Anything else we need to tell the world about, Sarah? Are we good? Uh, just a shout out for Sunstone. It is going to be phenomenal. We did a shout out at the beginning of the programme. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Awesome. We need to see you all there. You need to and, see as many of you there as possible. Absolutely. And as a final little save the day, and we'll tell you more about this in two weeks, uh, if you have any travel plans and fancy coming to Scotland this April, save the date yes. for the weekend of the 13th of April. Um, we've got something big planned so if you want to get your pens your calendars handy and check your schedule have a look at flights make sure your passports are in order we want to see you um <laughs> I will tell you more soon 
So have a good night, everyone. We love you all and we bless your journeys.